Welcome to another episode of Take This Job and Love It, the podcast that walks you through the ins and outs of the job search. We are here uh, with a special episode today, acknowledging uh, various situations related to COVID-19 and how this impacts the job and career search at this time. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about hometown experiences, and I'm joined by my wonderful colleagues. Stephanie Waite with Yale's Office of Career Strategy. I am part of the Common Good and Creative Careers team. And I'm Julia Burke. I'm a Senior Associate Director in OCS. And I, of course, am Brian Frenette, also Senior Associate Director in the Office of Career Strategy at Yale. Um, we wanted to just, at the top, we're, we're recording remotely and, and sort of acclimating to, um, to, to this lifestyle. Uh, here we are on April 7th right now, so things may shift and change as these episodes roll out. But we wanted to make this clear at the top that uh, we realize that this is a, an emotionally difficult time for a lot of folks and that the impact of of COVID-19 is, is very extensive. Uh, these conversations are not to advocate uh, blanket business as usual approaches to things related to, to career, uh, but we simply wanna try to identify ways in which folks can utilize this time as a means to grow personally and professionally and use those skills how they are so inclined. So we're not trying to advocate a, a one size fits all approach here, uh, but with all that in mind, we do wanna talk about ways to adapt to the situation as it currently exists. And our last episode, we talked about ways to adapt to remote work if and where possible for um, short time or short-term opportunities or long-term opportunities for those that are, are um, seeking you know, full-time employment. Uh, but more specific to summer experiences, we wanted to think about hometown experiences and how we can leverage our immediate sort of proverbial backyard if our plans have shifted in some way, shape, or form. So, Julia, why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, walk us through a little bit about what that uh, can look like? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, why are we talking about hometown experiences? Um, well, with the ongoing uh, and evolving situation with coronavirus and um, also with Yale University's messaging regarding international traveling being prohibited and strongly encouraging limited domestic travel, it may mean students are finding themselves um, in whatever hometown um, they've grown up in um, or maybe that they've gone to often as a child. Um, We do uh, acknowledge and appreciate a huge variety and a student, what a hometown is. Um, We'd be happy to share where we're all from. So for example, I'm from a pretty rural small town in Southern Vermont. Uh, You know, my public high school graduated with a class of about 50 people. So I'm, I don't have the exact number, but I think there were probably about 5,000 people in the town. Um, so that's, you know, definitely a much different experience from um, what some of my colleagues had. And it would mean that my hometown experiences might be different, but no less creative. Stephanie, where are you from? Yeah, so I'm born and raised in Miami, Florida. So for those of you who are familiar, um, I grew up between Westchester and Sweetwater. Um, so my hometown really feels more like home metropolitan area, um, but uh, certainly graduated with a class of about 1,100 students uh, in a high school that was built for about uh, 5,000 students. So, um, you know, lots of uh, variety in that experience. And so going back home for me or reminiscing about my hometown uh, includes a, a very large metropolitan area. Uh, I'm from 
Bristol, Connecticut originally, which is about 20 minutes west of Hartford. It is a, or at least at the time, it was a uh, blue-collar and rural sort of mixture. Um, we had three high schools in the town, so it was a pretty large populace. Um, but it, it presented this sort of, um, you know, proverbial suburbia, I guess, in that mode of this this kind of mishmash of different um different employers and different ways in which you can leverage an area in a creative mind and think about uh, what you could do if you were suddenly there for an entire summer and maybe had not anticipated such. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for sharing. I just wanted to kind of point out how wide this variety can be with not only three people doing a podcast, but with all the thousands of of Yaleys that are um, in the world right now. So when we're thinking about hometown experiences, um, I think one of the first things that we wanted to talk about was coming down to flexibility and considering different opportunities within your hometown. So while this might mean finding and securing a longer term full-time internship, there are probably more opportunities for maybe remote one-off projects with a certain um, organization or company in your hometown. Maybe that means pairing that with some volunteering, maybe some online tutoring. Um, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of different ways to maybe engage with the people and the, the companies within your hometown. If your hometown is extremely small, maybe we broaden that to a state level. Um, but we're just starting to think in terms of who is here, <laughs> who is in my hometown, um, what are some of the brainstormed possibilities that could exist and how do I start to reach out to people who could maybe support me in this exploration? So just to kind of keep going on this theme, um, I'd be happy to start with some ideas, you know, just starting with maybe who do I know if I'm going home? So beyond friends, beyond family, you know, maybe there's a, a former coach or a former former teacher you are particularly close with, a mentor in some way, you know, did you used to volunteer at an organization or did you used to tutor someone? Who do they know? So you do have this local hometown network. You may not think of it as a network, but you do have some initial people that you could reach out to to share that you will be home for the summer. Yeah. And yeah. Going from there. I think the the there's something that to be said that I've at least encountered in the last month where like the universe suddenly has gotten a little smaller, it feels like, right? Because you're kind of, if you're, if you're, you know, staying home or, or staying in your apartment or wherever the case may be, you know, you may be uh, like, in, I live in kind of a rural part of, of the town I live in now. And like, you see more people walking around just because they need to go outside. They, they, they're getting a little stir crazy. They're doing everything safe and doing things appropriately. But there's just that concept where you're like seeing people out that you normally hadn't because lives, you know, we, our lives have altered in such a way. I think there's something to be said about that. When you think about the context of your hometown, that, you know, you're coming back to an area that you might not have been to in a little while, that, that, that there's a likelihood that a, the, these folks who are there are sympathetic to, you know, the situation you may find yourself in, but they're also maybe happy to see you because you had some roots there at some point. And there's something about that return that um, shows that, you know, if we're all in this together and we're all trying to help one another out where we can, that they may be aware of the fact that if you're th looking at a short term opportunity that may have shifted, that you are now home and you're trying to think about how to creatively use that time. 
they may be more open to trying to find ways to assist you in some way, shape, or form if you were to reach out. So sort of acknowledging that that universal understanding of the situation we all find ourselves in, um, you know, can be a, a nice helpful starting point, certainly. Yeah, I think it's it's um, maybe the the nice residual effect of this is we're all in this together and there is this kind of sense of community and um, a, a high level of empathy for one another and in our variety of situations that we find ourselves in. But, you know, yeah, I can't help but, you know, hear from Brian and Julia, like step one, make a list, right? Make a list of right. who you may want to connect with, um, who you may uh, want to reconnect with. Uh, maybe it's been uh, some time or many years and and you find yourself needing to go back um, to your hometown situation. And so, um, you know, make that list and, and make it as robust as you can so that you can avail yourself to opportunities and connections that you might not have um, uh, thought of on, on your initial uh, search for this uh, summer opportunity or for postgraduate employment. Absolutely. And um, that's a great point, Stephanie. I think that making a list helps us visualize who do we actually know? You know, a, a network doesn't need to be dozens of people. It can be five. You know, it's just a place to start. And even beyond that, you know, um, when I think about my hometown, there, when you drove through the main road, there was a, there is, it's not gone. There is a library and a local town hall. Pause. <laughs> like there's not that much there, <laughs> but um, there's a few farms, but there's also, you know, maybe 30 minutes further away. There's like a larger town, you know, with many different businesses and, and, and so forth who, of course, you know, we don't know what, um, two, three months out looks like. So we are not sure what their needs are, but you know, think you can think a little bit more broadly too. So start thinking about what organizations might be in or around you. Um, you know, uh, there's a um, resource for Yale students in their Yale career link accounts called career shift. And you can literally put in your zip code and do a mile radius and see what businesses are in your area. You can do the same thing with a website called idealist.org. So beyond kind of the network, which, you know, we, we started with, you can actually start thinking about organizations um, that could be for profit, nonprofit. Every town will have a local government. Um, so, you know, the list can be twofold. Who do I know? What are some organizations that could be interesting to me? Start thinking outside the box. You know, if you are interested in a certain industry, we do understand that that industry might not be present in your hometown. So we, that's where kind of the plans B, C, and maybe D come into play. Yeah. I think the matter of adaptation is really important here. Um, and I think taking it a step further from, from, uh, you know, once we have laid out this foundation, the next step obviously emulates a lot of what we see with networking. You have to reach out, you have to engage, but something that I think is, uh, you know, been a thematic constant as we've talked about this COVID-19 situation, but is also just relevant to networking 101 is to make sure that the tone and tenor of your outreach is appropriate and professional. Um, if your plans have shifted and you're reaching out to someone you haven't seen since your sophomore year of high school or someone who wrote for you that letter of recommendation when you applied to Yale, you want to make sure that, you know, you actually say, you know, how are you? <laughs> how are you doing? What you know, you want to acknowledge the humanity in all this. And we did say the world, you know, the universe is getting a little smaller and that has its, you know, in spite of the negative reasons for it, it has its positive consequences. But we want to make sure that we carry that through, show the humanity in the situation. And don't just be like, I need something from you right now. 
because it needs to it I need to quell my anxiety. And I think we all acknowledge that anxiety is real and palpable and very sympathetic, but we want to make sure that we're acknowledging the professionalism by which we engage. And we want to show that we acknowledge the, you know, so the humanity in all of this. I think then too, it's a matter of uh, if you're if you're going to evidence that you're going to be around and that you're looking for something to do, I think showcasing a creative competency and showing some enthusiasm for what they do rather than what are you going to do for me? It's I've put some thought in. This is what I could maybe do for you. But I'm open to ideas as well, um, because that way it doesn't look like, well, I've descended upon Yale to this back back town, back to the town I came from to assist you all. Or you don't want to have that attitude, even if it's unintended. It, there's a there's a way by which that can be conveyed. And I think it's just about being careful um, because communication is important. It's important in, you know, all all times. But I think in these times, especially um, we want to make sure that we are we may not know what that organization or that industry is going through right now economically um, in with everything that's happening right now. So we want to make sure that we just tread with some caution. Yeah, I could imagine a scenario in which an organization um, intended to have an intern or two over the summer months and that intern um, or, you know, group of interns may be restricted uh, by travel. So maybe they can't make it and you are, in fact, um, able to contribute and help that organization um, given that they're no longer able to um, to work with the other student that had intended to come into that into that town to help out. There's also a creativity about leveraging of technology in the midst of a changing world, right? We literally before this episode was being recorded, we were talking about a local farm that is now providing delivery fruits and vegetables to the people within that community. That requires a technological competency that's for some may not exist. Maybe that's your specialty, or maybe that's just the skill you want to try to develop over the summer and you can offer your assistance. There's a lot to be said about thinking, you know, I hate to be trite here, but like thinking outside the box, but realistically thinking creatively about what you can do in a way that you might not have seen yourself in that situation two months ago, but I don't think any of us saw ourselves in this situation, you know, four, four months ago either. So it's about trying to kind of roll with it in that way and think, how can I also make a contribution maybe to my community while also getting that experience I need for whatever my next step may be down the line? Absolutely, Brian. I think those are such great points. And even to add to that, you know, we're talking a lot about opportunities um, and, you know, seeking opportunities with people or organizations in our hometown. And Brian, I think you're spot on in, in talking about, you know, the the house of the communication. And, uh, you know, it's a really important point to make. And then when we're thinking about outside the box, we talked a lot about flexibility as well. So if we're, if we do find some projects that people need some help with, you know, that serve a lot, our larger community or maybe help out a, a local business. Um, it goes back to the fact that these might not be full time, you know, and so thinking of outside the, the box, is there anything creative that you've wanted to do for a long time? You know, is there something like a cooking blog or a YouTube channel or, you know, multiple LinkedIn learning courses, or maybe you wanted to start a podcast, uh, you know, or reach a new fitness school. So, you know, while you may not feel that all of these could be on a resume, they actually could be. We can sit down and talk about if you start this new writing venture, or if you start this new kind of talk show, not talk show, podcast, excuse me, um, you 
can actually add certain things to your resume that are personal projects that may complement what you do for an organization or for your local community and what we think of as a more kind of air quotes structured internship setting. Absolutely. I mean, thinking back, I mean, we've dedicated at least two episodes of this podcast about what constitutes professional experience. And so I think, A, I would recommend, you know, going back and checking those out if, if this is if this is something that is conceptually new. But the point that Julia was making and to reinforce that point is there's so much malleability of what constitutes professional experience. That's that's the sneak peek of the episode. And so the idea here is that if there's so much malleability and flexibility to it, it's just a matter of forming and presenting it. How am I going to help translate this experience to showcase my enthusiasm for maybe not a technological skill, maybe it's a transferable skill, maybe it's a creative element or a component, or it's a communication exercise, or it's just managing a project. All of those have universal appeal. And so if you were, I don't know, back to my, my farm example from before, and that's not the industry you have interest in later on, that is nearly irrelevant. It's about the, the methodolog methodological approach by which you, you know, tackle the project. And this time certainly advocates for a lot of uh, creativity and elasticity in terms of what a project can be. Um, you know, to, to kind of point at my age, I was working in career services during the last recession in the uh, you know 2008 time. And I, what I recall from that, and I do think translates, there's a lot that does not translate between then and now, but I think what does translate is a willingness to be sort of creative in terms of what experiences provide. A, a, a conventional internship, you know, if I use air quotes on conventional internship, it is not sort of a prefabricated model that solves all problems. Uh, it, it still involves effort and creativity on the part of the employee or the intern in this case to leverage that experience well. And I think that's what everyone's sort of responsibility is in any professional situation. I think a situation such as this further advocates for that creativity and uh, that advocacy for uh, just, again, thinking constructively about what an experience can be. Yeah, I think that, you know, most folks could probably identify to easily two to five things that they have uh, built some some level of curiosity toward or have a, a, a certain intellectual curiosity to um, engage with. So, you know, what are those topics? What are those things that have really um, kind of, uh, you know, uh, been scratching at the back of your head and you're thinking to yourself, oh, this might be a time that I can actually engage in that kind of work. So I work with a lot of students who are interested in pursuing careers in government and public service. And there's many research topics out there, many, many policy areas that are of interest to them. You know, so we're already devising plans on how they can engage in research that can then work towards some kind of publication since you know, this, this would be the time that you can, you know, take that time and see who has a call for proposal or a call for papers that's out there. Um, it's a great way of engaging deep in a topic that matters to you. And then also, um, give you that out, gives you that outlet in order, um, uh, to get that, uh, publication on your, on your resume. That's such a great point, Stephanie. And, you know, I, I do want to mention, um, when we're thinking about all of these different experiences, um, one of the uh, uh, kind of networks that we haven't yet mentioned is your, you know, we talked about who are your, some of your hometown connections. 
Um, again, in a, in a variety of what that word means in terms of connections, you know, former teachers, just family, friends and, and friends themselves. So I did want to mention that there are local Yale clubs um, in many uh, major cities, but also in um, all states. So again, I, we kind of wanted to share some of our hometowns earlier because while my local town definitely does not have a Yale club, the state of Vermont does. Um, and so it's okay to um, to reach out if you want to learn from, from some Yaleys and some of their experiences in the towns. You know, again, we're talking about um, clear communication, but there is also kind of a broader Yale network as well. Absolutely right. And I think it's about thinking again, constructively about what your, your uh, to Julia's point, what hometown can be. Uh, because if you are in a, a more rural area, I think it's about just thinking, you know, one step beyond or one step beyond that. And um, the alumni are certainly, I mean, again, this is a universal experience for better or worse. And so I think by reaching out to people, they, and just asking for insight or advice or to share context, uh, people are going to be willing to, to, to help with that, or at least to help shed light on or provide ideas for you to pursue. And this involves a little bit of time, a little bit of, of structure, um, but nothing that is terribly unconventional from a, a regular job search. And so there's there's something good in all of that, in that despite this wild time, the process remains relatively static. Um, the creativity element, I think, is a little new because, uh, again, we've been in, a, you know, the economy has sort of driven a lot of narratives in terms of what one can do and how one can get into it. That has shifted. Um, but I think that also is, a you know, if we want to look at the glass half full, I think that's a, an exciting opportunity to rethink what a, a conventional experience can be. So, um, Julia, what other resources can we uh, advocate for, for folks to follow up and um, and how can we make sure that they, they know where to, to go next? Sure. So a few resources are um, right on our website, ocs.yale.edu. We have a special page called Summer Plans and COVID-19. And so that has some sample uh, um, kind of points and kind of brainstorming starts that we put on there for you as you might be considering experiences in your hometown that also has some sample outreach emails. Another page you might want to consider going to is our informational interviewing webpage. Um, that has some sample outreach emails as well. So I would suggest starting there. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, thank you. Uh, it's good to see all of you, so to speak. And uh, thank you for joining us as well. We hope this was uh, informative for you. We'll be doing another couple episodes of, uh, re relevant to our, our current situation, and we'll try to stay nimble as things shift. We hope you're all doing well, and we hope that you, um, you know, best leverage the time as you see fit. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Mm -hmm.